0: Welcome to the Daily Objective, a production of the Ayn Rand Center UK, where we apply the objectivist philosophy of Ayn Rand to current events. And we're still going to be applying that philosophy to the current events that are taking place in the Middle East, Israel and Gaza. But before we get to that, well, first, let me tell you that doing the show with me today is Yonatan. How do I pronounce your last name? I don't want to butcher it.
1: (laughs) It's Yonatan Doan.
0: Okay. He said it himself. I don't have to. Wonderful. <laughs> I thought Liebowitz was tough to pronounce. <laughs> Before we get into that, Perfect. we got some uh, the current events to talk about. I'll read the news to you. We have 105 Israeli soldiers have died in the ground invasion of Gaza. At least 20 soldiers were killed by friendly fire or accidents during the ground operation in the Gaza Strip, representing one fifth of all fatalities. According to data released by the IDF on Tuesday, the military said in a statement that efforts are constantly being made to prevent casualties from friendly fire and operational accidents by investigating these accidents and issuing lessons to thousands of soldiers in the strip and a tanker hit by a Houthi missile en route to Israel's Is- Ashdod Port, the risk to shipping routes posed by the Houthis represents a strategic threat to global maritime lanes in general. And to Israel's maritime traffic in particular, with far reaching political and economic impacts, read a statement from the port's administration. Uh, Jonathan, do you have anything you'd like to comment on with the, the news that I just read?
1: Well, I'm not a military expert. Uh, I would like to, to add that I hope that th- these deaths have not been uh, for the sake of protecting our enemies' lives, which sometimes, unfortunately, they tend to be like that. But I hope, I know they're doing a fantastic job up there. And my heart's to their families um, of these soldiers.
0: Okay. So there is a former ambassador, uh, United States Ambassador to Israel, who is calling for Netanyahu to resign. He says that not Netanyahu's continuation in office makes Israel less safe. And in particular what was mentioned in the article was a recent New York Times article that discussed Netanyahu's allegedly, and I'll explain why I say allegedly during the course of the discussion, propping up Hamas, uh, you know, over the years and allowing funds to get to them, and the, the reasoning given that maybe he was trying to play Hamas off of uh, the PLO in order to make it more difficult to have a Palestinian state. The, so my first qu- question, I guess, Jonathan, is do you think that Netanyahu should survive? I mean, should resign? And what do you think about the story uh, that we read about this?
1: Yes, he should resign, but he should have done that um October 8th or 7th. <laughs> Now it's a bit trickier, uh, but, but yes, in principle, it should take the moral responsibility and face the consequences uh, of, what, of what happened here. I, I don't believe any uh, tech CEO would remain in position after such a disaster happened to his company. Uh, and when the stakes are significantly higher, I don't see why a leader of a country needs to stay, stay in power. It's true that the opposition is terrible, uh, but that man has the moral responsibility he has, he has been in power uh for 14 years now um so so yeah he, he has to go um about the story of him prepping hamas he has prepped hamas he has um the 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 i would say the the, the policy was um, as you said he wanted a, a strong divided palestinian movement uh, strong a divided palestinian movement so the stronger hamas is The more uh, divided they are uh, in the West Bank, the more, um, you know, it's a mess. And and they have other uh, groups as well, as we've discussed in the previous show. They have a lot of competing, um, uh, I like to call them private security uh, forces uh, to annoy my anarchist friends. Um, So, so yes, it should go.
0: Okay, so... I don't know enough about Netanyahu, to, and I'm not an Israeli citizen, to say whether he should go or not. But I will say this. It happened on his watch. It was a massive intelligence failure that allowed this to happen. And normally in those cases, the person at the head takes the hit. And especially, it's not like he came into office last week. I mean, he's been in office for, what, nine years or so? How long has he been the prime minister?
1: He has been the prime minister in 1996 until 1999. And now he has been the prime minister since 2020, actually. But he was the prime minister since uh, 2009 until 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Um, So he has been uh, for the majority um, of this uh, century, really, the prime minister of Israel. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now, as far as him propping up Hamas, there, I've come across this on, on social media in more places than I could count. So I I looked to the origins, especially of the the supposed comment that he made, where he said, if you're opposed to a Palestinian state, you should support Hamas. And I ultimately found the source of the article that reported that he said that. And I I actually read an additional article by her about the initial article. And it said that, first of all, the quote was a paraphrase. It's being put out there as if it's an exact quote, but it's a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. It's not an exact quote. But anyway, so I reached out to the woman. Her name is Lahav Harkov. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. It's a it, you know, it's an Israeli name, but and it was in an article in the Jerusalem Post. And it and I asked her if she was a hundred percent certain that Netanyahu said this. And what she told me was, you can never be a hundred percent certain if you're not in the mm-hmm. room. But the spirit of it, yes, he said it. She believes so because she believes her sources. But well, I asked her, okay, go ahead. No, no, finish story. Okay. I asked her if it's true that Netanyahu was propping up Hamas. And she said, absolutely not. She said, what it was was it was aid coming from Qatar to Gazans, uh, humanitarian aid. And the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear that is all these critics right now of netanyahu or, or who are saying he shouldn't have let that aid get in and it got to Hamas which undoubtedly it, it does as it always does in those situations gets to the you know where it's not supposed to go but if he said no we're not going to allow humanitarian aid to go from Qatar into Israel I mean into Gaza there would have been an uproar about that probably from the same people who are criticizing him now but as to the quote about supporting Hamas to prevent the Palestinian state The way that she understood it was that he has critics from the right. His right-wing critics were criticizing him for allowing the aid to get into Gaza. And his response to them wasn't that this was his policy to prop up Hamas, but he said to them, if you are opposed to a Palestinian state, then you shouldn't oppose this. You should support it because it ultimately does weaken the chances, but not that that was his intention. And given that she was the source of the story, I'm more inclined to trust her uh, version of events than I am the people who are mis who are misquoting Netanyahu all over social media. But again, I'm not an Israeli; I'm not there. So, what what is your take on what the woman told me?
1: Well, I think I think the most important thing is to look at the actual facts and the history, right? So.
0: Yeah. Netanyahu, uh,
1: on his first term, he had uh, an agreement with Yasser Arafat called the Y Agreement, nineteen ninety eight, where they okay. agreed to to open an international airport in Gaza. There was a period where there was an international airport in Gaza. Um, they agreed to multiple system, uh, uh, appeasements and they lands to to transfer to the Palestinian Authority uh, back then. Um, After that, of course, in in future terms, he had multiple negotiations, multiple agreements. Um, He released, uh, I think most famously, the biggest concession uh, and something that indeed uh, uh, helped Hamas significantly was the release of over a thousand Hamas terrorists in exchange for for one Israeli soldier, the famous uh, Gilad Shalit uh, uh, Agreement. Um, and, and you have these uh suitcases full of Qatari dollars. Yes, there was this was Qatari dollars, but but this was the policy they, they let them in. The Mossad agents flew to Qatar to bring these suitcases. Uh, imagine that Mossad agents flying to Qatar to bring suitcases and driving them to Gaza to give them uh to the hands of these murderers who killed who has the blood of Israelis on their hands. So, so I don't know about. Specific quotes. This is just the history. This is yeah. what we have. We have, we have uh, you know also um, numerous military operations, um, countless rockets being fired at Israeli uh, soldiers. All of that while refusing to um, to you know to decisively destroy Hamas. This was all yeah. done under Netanyahu's leadership. So I, I don't know about quotes, but I, I'm telling you, uh, and you you can look at the history. Yeah. No, what's been going to... on?
0: I'm not yeah. disputing the, the history. What I'm talking about is the intention. The intention of allowing the Qatari money into Gaza was not to support Hamas. It may have been a dumb policy. It probably was. And it may have gotten into Hamas's hands. But Netanyahu wasn't some evil genius behind the scenes trying to right, support right, Hamas. Right. But And that's what's being claimed. And it's also in part being claimed in a, a nefarious way. As if it was this evil intent. I don't think it was good. I agree. All that stuff happened, but Netanyahu, for whatever failures he had, is not trying to support Hamas.
1: Well, he's he's a pragmatist, right? He doesn't have any any principled uh, a view. Okay. Um, and and for from his perspective, it could have been seen as a as a lesser of of two evils, right? We are giving them this money. We are getting some peace. I'm not saying that he was it was a conspiracy of him against Israel yeah. uh, that's absolutely I agree with you um and, and regarding regarding if Qatar intended this to be humanitarian money, allow me to question that. Qatar has a oh there, yes. I'm talking yeah. about
0: Netanyahu. I'm talking yeah, about yeah. Israel, Israel's yes, stay stake in this. Because I, I don't I, right like at the beginning of this war, when they weren't allowing aid in, everybody criticized Israel for not allowing humanitarian aid to the people they're at war with. I mean, well, not to the civilians, I'm not saying there's war with them, but to the the territory in which the people they're at war with are residing. I can't imagine if Qatar is willing to give money and they're saying it's for humanitarian aid and Israel says, no, we're not allowing that aid in. The whole world would have been in an uproar about that. Mm-hmm. they would have said they're they're allowing these people to starve they're allowing them to, to go without food and water in, in without proper shelter all that sort of stuff would have been what they were saying now, i'm only i'm not i'm not defending netanyahu so much as i am pointing out the inaccuracies and hypocrisy of some of his enemies
1: that's true that's true there's a lot of inaccuracies there're a lot of hypocrisies um I, I agree with you on that but it still doesn't change the fact that it was wrong right and I oh, think that's no the doubt. most important thing yeah
0: yeah, I am I I can't say I'm 100% because I don't know much about what the, the effects of the policy, but on the face of it, it looks like a dumb policy to me because mm-hmm. of what you said, because the, you could intend the money to go to humanitarian aid all you want. Ultimately, it's going to end up in the hands of Hamas, even if it's a case where Hamas now doesn't have to spend its own money on infrastructure and things of that nature so they can spend it you know spend it militarily it's still going to redound to their benefit i just don't know enough to where i'm willing to say 100 i know it was a horrible idea obviously you're more well positioned to to do so
1: yes so what what
0: would be the result uh uh, yonatan if netanyahu say he resigns tomorrow it's Mm -hmm. not going to happen i got it but Say he does. What happens next? Like in America, for instance, if the president resigns, the vice president takes over. If Netanyahu resigns, what's the next step and what's likely to come of it? Uh
1: Well, one of his uh, Likud party uh, members will take over. I'm sure they'll decide exactly who that might be. And hopefully it'll be a less uh, uh, d- d- divisive figure because Netanyahu is very... Hated uh, in the is very, is like dividing the country 50 50. You either hate him uh, fearlessly or you or you admire him. You, you call him the King Bibi. Um, so, hopefully, someone who's more uh, widely accepted amongst the Israeli public, especially in these uh, dire times. Um, so, that's what's likely to happen. But you know, uh, if he resigns, which you obviously never do. So, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, We have a super super chat coming from Bonnie Bertrand for 99 cents. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Bonnie. Jonathan, I got to ask this. What what is B.B.? I've been hearing this nickname for over 20 years. What does it mean? Where does it come from? Well,
1: uh, his name is Benjamin and B.B. is B.B. Benjamin, you know.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's like a nickname for anybody (laughs) named Benjamin.
1: Uh, oh, well, so, I think it's a unique thing for him. I, I I never heard anyone else. Maybe it was before he was prime minister. It was more common for Benjamins, but I don't know more than that.
0: Okay, so do you think if there was someone else at the helm, somebody else from the Likud party, there would be a better chance of eradicating Hamas?
1: So, so that's that's an, the helm? That's an important. That's an important issue. Most most people uh, in Israeli politics are the same. Uh, you have uh, even over the opposition party. You have Gantz, you have Lapid, They're all the same. Especially Gantz, who was uh, the the chief of uh, chief of military staff. He was also propagating the same, uh, you know, uh, appeasement policy. So I wouldn't even want to see him. I don't. I don't say that they are any better, frankly, than Netanyahu. Um, but if there is a single person that I would say is better, uh, it'll be Naftali Bennett, the person who was prime minister. Uh, not that long ago, is there, is, uh, as you've seen, probably if you followed him on social media, he uh, presents a much more um, principled approach, and he's 100% committed to eradicating Hamas. I don't trust anyone inside the Likud. The Likudists tend to be a party uh, that is, it's it's, a, it's a, similar to, to the Trumpism phenomena where they're all just worshipping uh, Netanyahu. You don't see any opposition to Anything he says, really, uh, from inside the pie. So so I, I think that's the only person I would like to see, but um, unlikely. But actually, he's been gaining popularity. He was very hated when he was prime minister. And now I think he's much more popular. So who knows, maybe in the next election.
0: I got to tell you, from my vantage point as an American, it seems less and less likely almost by the day that Israel's actually going to do what's necessary to root out Hamas, regardless of who's in there. Am I way off on this? Or is that the sense in Israel as well that the the chances of him, of Israel doing this right, it's just not going to happen?
1: Well, yes, uh, I, I, I'd agree with you, uh, but I would hope that we will get as close as possible there. And hopefully uh, something, uh, uh, could, could actually help it make it less bad. Uh, the U.S. I think is is very bad in, in this sense, is probably the worst influence on moving Israel away from eradicating Hamas despite its uh, support. Um, and, and yes, I, I, I do agree with you. I think it will probably end. We'll will, we will be very close. We'll be very close. And then we'll say, okay, that's enough. Uh, let's go back. Um, let's have a ceasefire. Uh, let's end the bloodshed, and then it's the, the clock will only start ticking until the next attack. So uh, it, will be, it will be terrible. But, but I, I do I, I would like to add that in, in Israel, the voices from inside Israel, I do hear a lot of voices. You can see them in the media of uh, ex-high-ranking uh, generals even saying that Israel has to be more aggressive. Israel has to be decisive. We have to ignore the Americans. We have to do what's necessary. So, so maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong.
0: I'm glad you mentioned ceasefire because we have a question from a member in the chat is Netanyahu adamant about no ceasefire. And are there any opposition leaders that might accept the ceasefire?
1: Nobody will accept the ceasefire in Israel. Um, Not in a foreign exchange, at least for uh, all of the hostages, at least that a temporary ceasefire, nobody will accept a permanent ceasefire. I I didn't hear any voices like that from the, Mainstream politicians. Uh, what was the other part of the question?
0: It, it, well, it's it, it's you answered both of them by saying nobody will accept it. The first part was will Netanyahu? Is there any chance he'd accept the ceasefire? And the well, second one, any opposition yeah, yeah. leaders that might accept it? You said nobody will. So I don't that, think so. But Netanyahu,
1: Netanyahu, Netanyahu, when he said whatever you say, whatever you hear him say something, you always have to take it with a pinch of salt because of his track record of uh, not standing up to his world. But I think if you look at the Israeli public, you can, you look at the streets, you can look at the, the, the protests, you can see if inside Israel of hostage families, for example, uh, I, I really doubt that there will be something like that.
0: I got a question for you as an Israeli, Yonatan. Yeah. If you could snap your fingers and get the ideal solution, what would it be? Would it be uh, one state of Israel in which Palestinians could live as citizens? Would it be a two-state solution? H- how would you have it, and why? Like, wh- what would be the best, and why do you think so?
1: Uh, it's a million-dollar question, isn't it? Um, so, so what would have to be done uh, when it comes to uh, Gaza and the West Bank? It's important to also mention the West Bank has the same danger as it has in Gaza. True, they don't have missiles. But they have a lot, lots of guns, they have lots of uh, weapons, and they're ready to take arms. A lot of them are against uh, Jews, as they have always been. Um, so, so what needs to be done is Israel has to, to occupy Gaza, it has to de- uh, demilitarize it completely, it has to pacify the population. And then what needs to be done is to uh, give them the incentives to leave to Europe. If they want to, to leave to Europe, to Africa, there are many countries in Europe that will accept them, such as Scotland, for example, and uh, and control the, the area until it's uh, peaceful, until it doesn't hold any any risk to, to Israelis. Israel does not need Gaza. We don't need another settlement in Gaza. and I don't think nobody in Israel really wants that, except from the very fringe uh, extremists so so what we need is to to have a military control there if they want to immigrate to israel if they want i'm for i'm for pre, uh, you know free immigration so if they want to accept uh, israeli uh, democracy and you know western values and all that i'll i'll be happy to have them as a, as law abiding citizens i have no problem with that uh but but you know after what we've seen on october 7th there has to be a profound um, effort to uproot all the terrorist uh, inclinations of the population, all the terrorist-supporting inclinations they have, because a lot of them do support October 7th. And, um, and hopefully the next generation will be uh, 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 Western, Western values, uh, admiring, peace-loving people, such as the Israelis are.
0: What are your thoughts? I'm glad I have someone here from Israel. What are your thoughts on the settlements? Because I've studied a lot of Israeli history, but when it comes to the settlements, I just don't know. I mean, are these? Is it immoral that the Israelis are settling in the West Bank? Are are these? Is something that the government shouldn't allow, should protect. Like, what is going on there?
1: Well, it's a bit of a wild west, uh, and it. Uh, it the fact that you're confused about it reflects that it's a bit of a mess. What's going on there? I was actually in the West Bank last week; it was quite an experience. Um, so it really depends from case by case, right? There are full cities that are, uh, for you know, have been established for decades on land that was acquired uh, through various means. Some of the land was unlawfully taken. And in most of these cases, there have been court cases in Israel, and some of the land has been returned. Some financial compensation has been uh, given. Some of the instances, the land was empty, and they just settled there, and you know they built civilization there. They built cities, they built their factories, they build industry. They they made it made it their own property. Um, so so it it really depends from a case by case scenario. But most of them are, I think, moral. Uh, they are. Uh, uh, people with Western values, uh, most of these uh, settlers, some of them are really fringe and very, um, I would say, uh, ultra-religious and with nationalistic elements too, which is, I think, the worst kind uh, that you can find here. Um, and they also, some of them are engaged in, in heinous crimes towards their, their Palestinian neighbors. And But they, the, the difference between Israel and Palestine is these people are prosecuted by Israel. Israel is a, is a rule of law. You can't just uh, throw rocks at uh, Palestinians in Israel without having consequences it's not the same in, in Palestine if you throw storms or if you or even more if you go across the border and stab an Israeli soldier you you're not only uh, being treated as a hero but you have streets named after you you get you get pension and all that so so that's that reflects the basic difference uh but but yeah most of these I would say are lawful but but you know it also reflects the lack of uh, willingness to make decisive action by the Israeli government. This should never have been this this way. We should have, shouldn't have done Oslo. We shouldn't have uh, created the Palestinian Authority to begin with. So it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's like mistake upon mistake and another generation of mistake. Where exactly is the, 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 the root of it? It's really hard to tell sometimes.
0: Uh, th- thank you. We have a super chat from Wozart for five dollars. Thank you very much. Uh, Wozart, um, this morning on, on social media, I made a post because I keep here reading a lot of really anti Semitic stuff. Now, I'm an atheist, um, but my last name is Leibowitz, a Jewish last name. So, what I put was my last name is Leibowitz, although I'm an atheist. I'm not a big fan of Israel, although I do find them to be morally superior to their enemies. But for everybody that hates Jews, I just wanted to state clearly that I identify as a Jew. Now, what I found interesting was that I was criticized. One guy criticized me. He says, Why aren't you a big fan of Israel? And I said, Well, ultimately, it's a semi socialist state, they have conscription. Uh, You know, there's a highly religious element there. And someone said, well, so is America. Are you not a big fan? I said, well, I'm really not a fan of any government, a big fan. But it was really, um, it took me aback that, that, that I was criticized that way. Do you find that offensive that somebody would say that they're not a big fan of Israel? I say that all the time. I say
1: that to my Israeli <laughs> friends. We all say that. We all say that. We yeah. we, we, we hate so many things about this country. I, I go on and on about uh, social security and the amount of income tax that I have
0: to... We do have upcoming shows. <laughs> Our <laughs> upcoming shows at 6 p.m. UK time, the reality show. There is a link in the chat. At 7 p.m. UK time, the Fountainhead Book Club for ARC UK members. So that's what we have coming on. I'm sorry for the chaos that ensued.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I we apologize. are in times of chaos. That's, yes, that's thank you for a great. Thank you for a great show.
1: Thank you, Michael. Thank you, viewers.